Good evening, everyone. This is a reading from the epistle of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift to equip the holy ones for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the extent of the full stature of Christ, so that we may no longer be infants tossed by waves and swept along by every kind of teaching arising from human trickery. Rather, living the truth in love, we should grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament with the proper functioning of each part, brings about the body's growth and builds itself up in love. The word of the Lord. In this reading uh, from the letter to the Ephesians, as he does elsewhere in his epistles, St. Paul makes the distinction between Christian immaturity and Christian maturity, childhood and adulthood. And he equates the two with growth in grace, right? But grace builds on nature. They go together, right? Growth in the spiritual and supernatural virtues requires, it really presupposes, growth in human and natural virtues. If a person ages but remains immature in social interactions, in work habits, in their manners, they also will remain spiritually immature. If they don't develop the skills and the habits and the virtues necessary for a mature human life, they're not going to develop the skills and habits and virtues necessary for a mature spiritual life. I'll give you a practical example from the formation of those who are studying to be priests. From the time of Pope St. John Paul II, there have been universal guidelines for formation for young men who are in seminaries, and they're based on four pillars or aspects. Men who are studying for the priesthood are to be formed in the human formation, in pastoral formation and experience, in intellectual and theological formation, and in spiritual formation. But Pope John Paul II, Saint John Paul II of holy memory, made it clear that the spiritual, the intellectual, and the pastoral formation are all based on the human formation, which is the most important of all the pillars because it's the foundation on which the great human virtues grow and on which all of the other virtues follow. So that's especially a challenge in a society like ours, which really delays maturity. Now, once upon a time, not so long ago, actually, there was no such thing as adolescence, right? Adolescence is a relatively modern term, which uh, really speaks, in a sense, to a modern phenomenon. Now, uh, there's no doubt that there is a stage of human life and development between childhood and adulthood, right? Which we call adolescence. But that concept really is a relatively modern one. Back in the olden days, and not so olden days, like even before 50, 60 years ago, teens were apprenticed, they worked, they served, they got married, they had children. I'll give you an example. One of the greatest geniuses 
that humanity has ever produced, Michelangelo Buonarroti, great painter, sculptor, architect, poet, you name it, he really was a Renaissance man, pun intended, right? Michelangelo was apprenticed to an artist at the age of 13. He carved his first sculpture at the age of 15. It's the Madonna of the Stair. I believe it's in, I don't remember what museum it's in, but you can Google it. It's a, it's a relief. It's not a round sculpture, but it's an actual relief. And it, to think that a 15-year-old sculpted that is pretty remarkable. And he carved the one of the greatest statues of the history of all humanity from ancient Greece until modern times, the Pietà. He finished it when he was 24 years old. Actually, I believe he finished it when he was 21, and he spent about two or three years just buffing it and polishing it. He was 24 years old when he carved that masterpiece, right? Because he began working seriously at his craft, at his art, when he was 13. Back in those times, people learned virtues like responsibility, commitment, sacrifice, and hard work earlier than they do today. Now, adolescence, which again, I think has its proper place in the understanding of human psychology and human formation. There definitely is a period of transition between childhood and adulthood. You don't go from being a, a, a toddler to being a responsible married adult with a job, right? There is such a thing as adolescence, but adolescence and that transition from late childhood into early adulthood continues to be more and more prolonged in our society. Right? You see this especially with the college experience. It used to be that it was understood that one went to university to get a broad education, to learn the basic things about human history and literature and get a broad general liberal arts education, as well as to grow in virtue. That was the purpose of university, to grow into adulthood by learning and by growing in virtue. But today, I mean, people go to college with the idea that, woohoo, you know, I'm finally free of my parents and I can do whatever I want and it's time to party and hook up and indulge all my passions inordinately. And now that, you know, that, that growing up, as it were, that adulthood, that, that adolescence that is prolonged into college is now prolonged into young adulthood. The party and the hookup and the follow your passions culture are extended. All you have to do is walk through Clarendon Square on a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday night at 11 o'clock and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, right? You'll see uh, legions of people in their 20s and 30s acting like pretty much like they're 13. Mm -hmm. People put off commitments to things like service to institutions, marriage, getting serious about religion. I think we even do a disservice at times by using the category of young adults, as if we can't expect the same thing from them as we can from regular or normal or full or old adults. Now, certainly adults differ. I can testify to that. I'm a different adult now at 54 than I was at 34 and than I was at 24, right? There's a difference in adults who are 25 and 45 and 65. Hopefully people have continued to grow and learn things over the decades, right? But I believe that we act at our own peril if we don't identify young adulthood with true, full adulthood. So tonight, young adults, I'm going to challenge you to consider the fundamental, simple difference between childhood and adulthood and what that means for your spiritual life and for your life in the church. 
We can say there are three general differences between children and adults. Difference in discipline, difference in sacrifice, difference in service. Start with discipline. Boys and girls, children, are inconstant, right? They're undisciplined. They run from responsibility and they quit things easily. Men and women, on the other hand, are constant, they're consistent, they're disciplined, they're responsible, and they are committed. Children can be no-shows. Adults show up, they commit, they keep to their commitments. They don't kind of hedge their bets by OBOing people. You know what I'm talking about? Or better offer, right? Well, yeah, I'll meet you for whatever, but yeah, and then something else comes up that's a better offer, and then they blow that person off and commit to the other thing or show up for the other thing, right? That's what children do, right? Children have a hard time keeping to a regular schedule for like going to bed or getting up. They're always fighting and eh. they, they, they don't, children don't keep to a schedule. They, they, they need adults to keep them to a schedule, right? Children aren't by nature punctual. They aren't by nature good at communicating and in answering directly or answering honestly. They're little guys and that's why children always need adults to do things for them. They're dependent on adults for their schedules and for their discipline and to take their baths and to brush their teeth and to go get, you know, get dressed and eat their breakfast and take the bus and go to school and do their homework, right? So there's a difference, a clear difference between children and adults regarding discipline, commitment, responsibility, right? and constancy. We can also say there's a big difference between children and adults regarding the idea of sacrifice. Boys and girls, children, basically follow their passions. They want comfort, they want pleasure, they seek their passions, right? And uh, in doing so, they want what they want right now at the moment. There's no delayed gratification, right? And they constantly want what they want at, the right, at that moment. Whereas men and women embrace duty, hard work, sacrifice, and balance, right? It's not like I want all my passions satisfied right now immediately and I always want that. Children want pleasure now and constantly. There's no such thing as delayed gratification. If you've never heard of the famous marshmallow story, check out the marshmallow story. Google the marshmallow story. It was really a pretty amazing, exhaustive story, exhaustive study, I'm sorry that was done of children beginning when they were toddlers and children were put in a room and they were given a choice to eat one marshmallow and it was put in front of them. Or if they waited five minutes, they would get two marshmallows. And if they waited like another five minutes, they'd get like 10 marshmallows. I don't remember all the details of the story, but it was an exhaustive study that followed many children over the years, beginning with this marshmallow case. And they found that the children who were willing to indulge in delayed gratification, who didn't immediately indulge their passion and eat the marshmallow, but could wait, now the discipline to wait for something better, as it were, or more in the future, it turns out that those children over the long term had good grades, did well in school, got good jobs, had good relationships, successful marriages and stuff. The kids that could not do the delayed gratification but indulge their passion immediately, they had disastrous lives, bad emotional lives, bad relationships, not good solid jobs. I know it sounds trite, but 
there's something to it. Check out again, marshmallow study. That's with children. Children do not know the value of a present sacrifice for a future gain, whereas adults do that. They don't just indulge their, their passions of the moment always and immediately, and they're willing to embrace delayed gratification, as well as have a balance between work and pleasure. Kids just want to play all the time, right? Now, obviously, work is work. Work is hard, and a lot of us prefer to play all the time, too, right? But we realize as adults that, it's, that work can also bring a gratification and help build a just and, and good society and, and, and can result in us using our skills for the betterment of ourselves and, and of the world, right? In any event, boys and girls want comfort. Adults are willing to embrace sacrifice. And finally, service. Children are self-focused. They're selfish. Adults can focus on others. They can be selfless. With children, it's all about them. They're not concerned about the needs of others. They don't take care of others. Adults are capable of putting others first. They consider and act on others' needs. And you see this even very simply in the matter of manners and morals. And I'm big on this, and I haven't talked much about this, but uh, manners and morals really go hand in hand because either the attitude is, I'm the center of the universe and I'm all that matters, right? Or it is, I'm going to defer to others and put others first and myself last, right? So that goes for manners as well as morals. Good manners are putting others first, you know, saying, please when you ask something of someone, saying thank you when you receive something of someone, excusing yourself when you're late for something, or telling someone when you're going to be late, or doing your best to be punctual so you're not making other people wait for you because you're not the, the, the center of the universe, but you defer to them as well. Manners and morals go together. Either I am indulging myself and putting myself first, or I'm deferring to and putting others first. Children are self-focused, self-ish. Adults can be selfless and focused on others. These fundamental differences between children and adults regarding discipline and sacrifice and service have ramifications for our spiritual lives and for our life in the church. Particularly, the virtues of discipline and sacrifice affect our spiritual lives, and the virtue of service affects our lives in the church. Let's begin with discipline. Unless we are people of discipline, it's going to be hard to have a good and mature and fruitful spiritual life, beginning with the basics of the spiritual life. Because, of course, holiness doesn't happen by accident. You don't just sit in your room and become holy. You have to be intentional about that holiness, and that means you have to have a particular discipline to do the particular things that need to be done in order to dispose yourself to receive God's grace. God always gives his grace, always gives his grace, and bestows it freely, right? It's not a function of what we do, but we can refuse that grace, or we can open our hearts to receive that grace, right? And so that requires intentionality. It requires making choices. It requires having a certain amount of discipline. Discipline for sacraments, discipline for prayer. So being a mature Christian means having the discipline to be constant in observing the Lord's Day and making it holy by attending Sunday Mass, as well as being intentional, having the discipline to avail oneself of the sacrament of penance regularly, of going to confession regularly. I got to say, when it comes to the Lord's Day, for the life of me, 
I do not understand how any adult, young adult, mature adult Christian can possibly ever blow off our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the Father and the Holy Spirit and being nourished by the Word and especially by the most blessed sacrament of the Eucharist and Holy Communion at Sunday Mass and just like because they had other things to do or forgot. I mean, the very center of our lives as Catholic Christians is what we do in this holy place every Sunday. Again, where the Lord feeds us with his word and nourishes us with his body and blood. What could possibly be more important than that? Or what gift or thing that we do or could receive could be greater than receiving the most blessed sacrament of the Eucharist? And yet, people miss Mass. There are 168 hours in the week. Seven times 24 is 168. God asks for one hour of public worship a week. That's all. That leaves us 167 hours to do everything else that we want to do. And yet people miss Sunday Mass? That is childish. An adult Catholic Christian would never dream of blowing Jesus off by blowing off Sunday Mass. That requires discipline. It really doesn't require that much discipline. It's not like the church says the only Mass is at 7 a.m. on Sunday. Right? There's like Saturday vigil, Sunday morning, Sunday midday, uh, Sunday uh, 6 p.m. here. Heck, when Georgetown is in session, there's the famous 11 p.m. mass. Like, there's no excuses, right? If you're blowing off mass, how can you be a mature Christian? And that requires a certain amount of discipline. Again, not so much to commit to one hour a week. And that goes for confession, too, regular confession. But that also goes to discipline regarding prayer, scheduling Jesus in and spending time with him in heartfelt mental prayer every day. It doesn't make any sense for us to say that we are faithful, young adult, adult, Catholic Christians, that is, the most important relationship in my life is my relationship with Jesus. The most important thing in my life is my relationship with God, but I blow him off and don't give him the time of day every day. Or maybe I dismiss him with 10 minutes. Someone got all bent out of shape and said I insulted them once in the confessional because they, they came in and they did a confession. And I said, what's your prayer life like? How, oh, I pray every day. How much are you praying? 10 minutes. I said, 10 minutes are, is for fifth graders. They got upset. I was like, hey, what did we just hear from St. Paul? There is no love without truth. You're only, you're only spending 10 minutes with Jesus a day? What are you doing the rest of the day? Are you not Netflixing anything? Are you not going to the gym? Are you so consumed with like serving the poor at the soup kitchen that you can only pray for 10 minutes a day because everything else is consumed with total service of others or the work that you have to do? You, don't, you hear what I'm saying? To be a mature Christian means you pray. To be an adult Catholic Christian means you actually have a relationship with Jesus that is fostered by serious prayer. And that means having the discipline to schedule him in. Children don't schedule in half an hour to an hour of serious prayer with Jesus every day. A faithful adult Catholic Christian, a mature Catholic Christian does. And as I've said before, I'll say again, what separates the men from the boys in the spiritual life and the women from the girls is the daily practice of serious mental prayer. Read the lives of the saints, any saint, especially the mystics, what changed their life was when they really began to pray. But that requires discipline, intentionality, maturity. The same goes with sacrifice in the spiritual life, along with discipline. Sacrifice for penance. Again, children, as well as 
unbelievers who are not Christians, who are adults who do not believe in Jesus Christ, are slaves to their passions and follow every passion and indulge every passion and appetite and emotion. Catholic Christians are people of sacrifice in terms of penance. We pray, we fast, and we give alms, abstaining from things we like and giving up material things that we like so as to focus more on the spiritual and less on the material, to become detached from the things of the earth so as to be more attached to spiritual things, right? It's not just sin that keeps us from giving our hearts completely to the Lord. It's also attachments, attachments to material things. And the more we get attached to material things, the more those kind of snowball into, into sin, right? Children don't abstain from things they like. You put chocolate in front of them, they eat the chocolate. They can raid the, raid the cookie jar when mom's not looking, they'll raid the cookie jar, right? They indulge their passions immediately and always. Adults sacrifice, do penance, fast and abstain from, and abstain from things they like so as to grow in focus on what is spiritual and be less concerned and less a slave to what is material. My friends, discipline and sacrifice are necessary for the spiritual life. Constancy in the sacraments and in prayer and in fasting makes for spiritual adulthood, makes for Christian maturity, and again, it's what separates the men from the boys and the women from the girls in the spiritual life. And that third point of maturity is service, right? Putting others first and being more selfless than selfish. And I'm gonna speak sp specifically to service to your parish church. We can focus on others by committing to our parish and to service in our parish. Keeping in mind that after the family, the fundamental unit of the church is the parish, which is families gathered together in a particular geographical circumscription, which the church has said in her wisdom, you know, in her infinite wisdom, the Holy Catholic Church to guarantee that all Catholics are served, that everyone that's non-Catholic comes to faith in Jesus Christ through his church. The, the church in her wisdom has divided the whole world up into dioceses, which are then under bishops, led by bishops, that are then subdivided into parishes that are led by pastors. And domicile determines parish. Where you live determines what parish you belong to, geographically, right? And after the family, the fundamental unit of the church, which gathers families in a given area together, is the parish church, right? For your pastoral care and for your service to the church. Now, Serving the church, Christian maturity as an adult, means focusing on others and committing to serving in one's parish church. And it means avoiding the millennial temptation because study after study shows that one of the temptations of millennial young adults is that they are consumer-oriented. They pick and choose from what they like and what is best for them, and that is the temptation and to take and to take and to take as consumers what they enjoy and what they like, more importantly than giving and giving back. And so the temptation for millennial and young adult Catholics can be to run from parish to parish, from young adult event to young adult event, to go from social event to social event, but not really to 
give back and to serve. That is to receive, 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 and not give, give, give. I go to St. Charles because I get to go to, I receive confession, I receive a talk, I receive, I get to hang out with people at pub time, and I go to the latest, you know, uh, the latest social on, and I go to Theology on Tap because that's fun, and I can have a beer and listen to a talk, and I'm receiving a talk, and I'm receiving a beer, and I'm having fun with people, and I go to uh, the latest young adult this, and the latest young adult that, and the latest social collective, and this and that, and, they, and party, 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 and, and this makes me a mature Catholic? No. No. No, there's nothing wrong with those things. Obviously, I'm sponsored. I've been doing this every Wednesday for seven years now, right? Uh, there's nothing wrong with those things, but it can't just be those things. It can't just always be getting, 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 and receiving, and receiving, and receiving, and social, social, social. There has to be also giving, 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 service, service, service. Are you running around from parish to parish, from young adult event to young adult event, from social to social? Are you always looking for what the church can do for you or give you? Or are you also doing for the church and giving to the church? Certainly, diocesan events, parish events, everything is open and all of are welcome. We don't check anyone's IDs here at the door. This P3 began as a parish apostolate to serve the young adults of St. Charles Parish. I know many of you are not from St. Charles Parish, and that's fine. You're most welcome. That said, normally your faith life should be lived in your parish, and you should be committed to your parish in three practical and concrete ways. First of all, by registering in and attending your parish. Your parish where you live geographically is the church that the church has provided for you, for your pastoral care. And it's really not up to us to indulge that consumerist mentality and pick and choose what parish we're going to go to, right? You belong where you live. And you may, it may not be your cup of tea and everything, and you may not be, it may not be the perfect this or the perfect that, but that's where the church says you belong. That's your home. Of course you can go anywhere for Mass, but you should make your parish your spiritual home. And the fact is, if you're not registering in your parish and attending your parish, when you need proof to serve as a godparent, when you need to be a sponsor for confirmation, when it's time to get married or join the convent or enter the priesthood, you're going to need to be able to prove that you're actually a registered practicing parishioner in a place where the priest actually knows you. So register in your parish and attend your parish. Secondly, volunteer in your parish. Your parish does many things for you. It offers you mass and confession, the sacraments. It offers you formation in the faith and talks. It gives you opportunities for prayer. It does so many things for you. What are you doing for your parish? What each of you ask yourself, what am I doing concretely in terms of my volunteer time for my parish? How much time, how much screen time do I spend every week? How much time do I spend serving the mission of the church in my concrete local parish? Your parish needs you. Go up to your pastor and ask him, Father, what can I do to serve? I am here, full-bodied young American man or woman. I am ready to serve the mission of the church here in my parish. Put me to work, Father. You work in finance, you can help with the finance council. 
you work in IT, you can help with uh, CRM and data usage. You, 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 love, you love the poor, you can help serve the poor through the parish. Go to your pastor and ask him where, where the need is. There are many needs. And the more people that are volunteering, the more involved, the more the mission can grow, the more we can reach out, the more the church can prosper, and more people can be brought to the faith, right? But what are you doing for your parish? So register in your parish and attend Mass there. Volunteer in your parish. Contribute to the financial support of your parish. One of the precepts of the church, the five precepts of the church, is you have the duty to support the mission of the church financially. I don't know if you knew that, but that is one of the ancient teachings of the church. You are required to support the church financially, right? Obviously, according to each one, according to their own prudential judgment and their own means and their own expenses. But, you know, compare what you donate to the church financially to your other expenses, especially, for example, social expenses. I'm not talking about needs. I'm not talking about food, clothing, and shelter, rent, and student loans. I'm talking about other expenses and commit to giving a sacrificial, that is something that really costs you something, fixed, set amount, constant, regular financial support to your parish, whether you're there or not. And that's why e-giving is really a great way to challenge yourself to be generous to your parish. Now, if I told you $50 a week to your parish, would you think that's a lot? Hmm? That's $200 a month. Does that sound like a lot of money? $50 a week, how much do you spend on going out to eat? during the week? How much do you spend on alcoholic beverages during any given week or any given month? Compare that to how much you give to the church, how much you've been committed to give to the church, right? Your parish needs your financial support for its mission, to complete its mission. And the more resources it has, in theory, the more it can do to advance its mission. My friends, all of us, because of our fallen nature, want to procrastinate holiness. We want to put Christian adulthood off even St. Augustine famously prayed, Lord, make me holy, but not yet. Actually, his prayer was, Lord, make me chaste, but not yet, right? I don't recommend that prayer to you. But that was before his conversion, right? Now, I challenge you, my friends, grow up. Don't put it off. As adult Catholic Christians, embrace Catholic adulthood. Embrace spiritual maturity through discipline, sacrifice, and service. Discipline for daily prayer, for weekly mass, for frequent confession. Sacrifice for penance, such as fasting and abstinence. And service by registering and attending your parish and giving of your time and your cash to support the parish's mission. My friends, we all seek Christian perfection. We are all seeking always to grow throughout our lives. And growth means change. And that's not easy. To be perfect, Christian perfection, means to have changed often. I ask you this evening, and later tonight, maybe before you go to bed, when you make your examination of conscience, before you go to bed, your final prayers, before you turn off the light, pray for the wisdom and the discernment and the resolution to make concrete changes that will help you through discipline and sacrifice and service grow to a greater Christian maturity. So as St. Paul says, we're no longer Christians kind of batted around by every wave and teaching and every worldly influence, but truly mature adult Christians by the grace of God. 
Amen.